So it's telling those stories. It doesn't have to be through the talent and the people that we see every day on our TV. It could be everyday people like you and me, everyone goes through it. And so love for people to let their guard down, you know, when the time is right, open that conversation and people were there for me. I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't have gone through a lot of those things without other people and hearing their side. And you have to handle it how you think you should, but you know, others are able to get out of it. You're able to as well. So a lot more people are going through this than you realize. Some of the guys that we look up to, and I'm sorry, but I won't say who said it, but it doesn't show weakness at all. I think it takes a lot of courage to come out and say those things. So having been on that athlete side of things and the people that we look up to, it's more prevalent than you think. And I hope that frees them. This is the CMO and Joe podcast. We interview today's most inspiring chief marketing officers and savvy marketers of lucrative direct-to-consumer e-commerce companies, bringing you insightful stories and tips on marketing, sales, branding, and much more. We bring you the best lessons from the best. Let's get started with your host, Joe Momo. And we are live. Welcome to the podcast, Patrick. Thanks for having me. Pleasure to join you. Yeah, well, I'm super excited to have you on the podcast. Uh, we actually met when you were doing the athlete rep side of things, and now you're the director of marketing for No Sweat. Um, but before I jump into all of that, perhaps give us a little backstory who Patrick is, what you're up to, and yeah, your general. Yeah, well, it kind of depends on how much time you have. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> it's, what, a, what a storyline. I know I come on here to talk about athletes, and I completely switched industries on the brain side. But, uh, you know, interesting path. I think it's all about like how you what you go through in life to kind of figure out where you want to go. So uh, originally from Lincoln, Nebraska, grew up in sports, just like all of us love to play sports. Um, went to the University of Oklahoma for college. And when I got there, I was really focused on, of course, getting into sports, but how? And I really wanted to go down the physical therapy route. So I actually was pre-med um, for three years. So I was working with the during that time, I was working with the Oklahoma track and field team and then the football team for a couple of years. Um, while I wanted to pursue that. So I was really hands-on with the athletes. I knew, you know, their motions and what got them to their peak performances on the field. And it was through those experiences where it wasn't that I wanted to hit their peak performance on the field, but more off of it, you know, through their personality at that time, you know, that was like eight or nine years ago when Twitter and Instagram were just popping up and you could use your following to, you know, reach an audience for a brand partnership. And that was all brand new. And that was all interesting to me. So I ended up swapping out my Gatorade bottles for a camera in the huddle and was, uh, I had the genius idea of switching to journalism as a senior. And so I'd already done my physical therapy degree, went to go get marketing, um, PR through the journalism department there. And that's kind of what's skyrocketed all of it. I used my personal relationships with these athletes. You know, at the time I had a couple Olympians that was, 2012 London Olympics and, uh, for, um, track and field. And then for football, you know, still 10, 20 guys that are in the league that were a part of the team that I was. So, you know, you grow up and kind of seeing these guys get recruited out of high school and then to college and then out in the pros. And then you add the element of marketing to it, you know, outside of being friends and finally like making it to the NFL and the NBA. Like, so how do you capitalize on that? So, um, it was through all those things. University of Oklahoma got me back to Nebraska working for a company called Open Doors and being the middleman between a brand and an athlete. A couple of years there led me out to where I am today in LA, um, to work for sports agencies to represent athletes on the marketing PR digital side of things. 
And as of January of 2020 this year, I switched the brand side. So I've gotten a little bit of middleman athlete and now full-time brand. So I've kind of got this wide range of uh, expertise and knowledge, what works, what doesn't, what athletes, you know, doing it best and who's not. Absolutely. That's cool. It's a, a unconventional path, if you will, but everybody has kind of uh, ups and downs in their career. Right, yeah. What would you say your most, I guess, your favorite, your most favorite part of your role right now is? You know, I, I love the fact that there's a lot of potential with it. You know, a company like No Sweat. So No Sweat, um, we produce these sweat absorbing hat liners that go into different headwears from visor, hat, helmet, construction, military, produce everything here in the USA. Um, you know, it's, it's been around for eight or nine years or so getting really deep into the, the broad of what it is, you know, you think performance and capturing the sweat that comes down. But as we've seen during COVID, the different things that you, you know, put in place to wash your hands, the hand sanitizer to not touch your face to put your mask on. So there's different uses. Um, we're building it out and there's, you know, we have a couple of competitors, but not as, as what we've done, you know, we're in a lot of different locker rooms and I know a lot of different players who use it and that's cool. You know, I think that being hands-on and understanding what we can do to help performance and now, you know, hygiene and safety, um, amongst other things, you know, that's, uh, it's pretty cool to be behind. So you, d- you definitely see a lot of these different marketing campaigns and how they come about and, you know, what their goals are now being behind that, you know, going from player to understanding, Hey, we want to use your player for X, Y, Z goals. Now I get to, you know, contact people and say, Hey, these are the goals that we want to hit. Let's see if we can do these together. So it's, it's been really cool, bit good, uh, you know, transition doing, you know, very similar stuff, but really highlighting what I know, what didn't work for my players, what did work for my players now hands on to help grow company. Absolutely. Yeah. I love to hear your perspective, Patrick on, uh, cause we have a lot of entrepreneurs, we even aspiring entrepreneurs listening. Um, if you want to really, grow your brand or grow a brand, uh, what sort of things would you implement to do that? You, for me, well, I'm a big risk taker, so I like doing things differently. So I, I study a lot of different brands and what works for them and what's taking them to the next level, you know? And, uh, for, for me, when I got to no sweat, you know, right now we're actually going through a rebrand where everything is very sports focused right now. And I think to get outside of sports, there's another unique lane. There's a look and there's a feel, there's a social digital component that maybe just a little unconventional that I would have done in sports. Right. So I've now gathered a lot of Intel for my career on the sports side, but now I get to dive into how, um, you know, the medical PPE shields that we're helping the cosmetics where, you know, these females wear the makeup and it screws the inside of their hats up. So, I think diving into so many different lanes of the different uses and getting creative and really broadening that, you know, like I have can be the first one to say that I don't have a whole lot of uh, background in the cosmetic space, but understanding that and then how it helps in as simple as a product there. So I think, you know, going outside the norm of what everyone's doing, doing collaborations with other brands and talent ambassadors that maybe you know, you wouldn't have thought about it. It doesn't have to be the number one, number two, um, you know, top influencer of the world by any means. So who's, who's backing it. And so I think it's a lot about taking risks and I think it's, it's really putting yourself in the position to be a conversation. And, you know, one example was coming from my days of repping athletes during the NFL draft this year. A lot of these brands, especially the licensees of these leagues, they go after, um, certain platforms and certain guys in the same realm over and over again. And, you know, they had their different goals. Like 
be first one to say no sweat can't compete with uh, Bose of the world. Bose has been around for a very long time. They're a very stylish. Same with Pizza Hut. You know, the very, those, those uh, sponsors and licensees of the league. Now, what we did instead of activating on Instagram is we went TikTok and we ended up becoming the, one of the only brands that activated on TikTok. Now we don't have a huge following, but our goal was to create that conversation. And if we would have been in the mix of being mix of being the same type of activation where these guys get on there and, you know, promote their, their brand on Instagram like that, it would have just gotten lost in the shuffle. So how do you add that element of interaction and something new? And to be honest, not only for the NFL draft, but I hadn't really seen a whole lot of, branded content on TikTok at that time anyways. And so it's a platform I'm learning, but none of us on our team had ever used it before. And why not? And, you know, take a risk, make a big splash during a night like that. And, um, use Isaiah Simmons who went number 10 overall to the Cardinals. So, you know, it was, it was great to have a big time guy, number eight, number 10, uh, you know, either way, big time guy go top 10 to be able to start that conversation on a new platform. So taking risks and, and going after that, you know, putting your foot down and saying, this is what we're going to do. We're going to just go all in, you know, and it, you'll, you're going to learn one way or another. And we've definitely learned a lot. No, I love that. Are you on TikTok doing those dances as well? <laughs> I, no, no, you will not, not see me on there. No, no. I get it though. I mean, I, I totally get it, but uh, no, that's, that's not me. I'll turn it on the car and I'll sing, but you won't see me anywhere else. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, it's, it's funny you mentioned TikTok. Um, obviously, it's a big platform these days, a big player um, with even potentially almost being banned. Um, but what other kind of marketing trends have you seen from your perspective? Man, it's, it's getting creative now. I think uh, it took a little bit from my playbook on the representing athlete side of things. And, you know, one great example that I would love to kind of some sort of way with no sweat figure out um in that content realm is more like that docuseries so nerf was probably back in january february like right around the super bowl nerf decided to gather a lot of top nfl guys christian mccaffrey juju um and they did like this nerf house and it wasn't your traditional just you know either a experience like you see you know gopro doing with some of these youtubers um or, you know, State Farm that's, you know, watching the boulder fall down on it. It was just different. And so, um, uh, yeah, I think um, uh, what they did in kind of letting this guy's personality shine a little bit and amongst in the house themselves was a cool, different approach to things. And that kind of sparked like the interest of it wasn't 30 seconds long trying to tell you to buy something, but I was in the whole three minutes of what they posted because it was, it was so unique and I'd never seen that before. And so, um, you know, it brings you back to your roots, like the nineties when I grew up, it was all about that nerf, you know? And so it was, it's cool to see some, some brands learn from maybe their, their past, maybe a little blast from the past mixed in with doing something like a nerf house, very similar to Nissan Heisman house or something, you know, where it's, not just taking one person or the, the big brand ambassadors of a big company, for instance, and just putting them out there, you know, let's let some personalities shine and kind of be themselves and not maybe make it descriptive. So that's one good example. I kind of have different ideas for no sweat, you know, when the time of getting out and about and back in the locker rooms when we were able to, again, you know, um, really kind of shining light on, uh, different personalities and just ideas like that. So it doesn't have to be stuck to just one platform or, a duration. It can really last. However, it just has to be done the right way, you know, because we do have still have small attention spans that we need to hold on to. No, absolutely. 
Yeah, one thing you mentioned when when things go back to back to the locker room, back to normal, if you will. Um, but what sort of things, like the last four, five, seven months, have you seen for challenges? It could be personally or professionally, but how's the last seven or eight months been for Patrick? Well, I think that like it takes away the excuse of like hitting that like what do you call it? Creative block, you know, because everyone's got to get creative and you know, it's what's fortunate enough to keep going and keep trucking and doing some cool things and some others weren't. And so it's, it's about how to react. And I think you really see what your team can bring and your creativity and digging deep because it, they're interesting times. No one was prepared for this really, you know, like, or maybe not no one, but not many people were prepared for this. And so I think it really is, uh, you know, making sure that communication, especially our team, you know, I'm in LA, we're at headquarters in Minneapolis and communication is already good, but for a lot of others, it was, it's different. And so, um, we had to adjust pretty quickly and luckily we had those things implemented organization communication to, you know, ride this thing out and, and keep going, but it does challenge you, you know, and you spend probably more hours at your computer than you needed. And you kind of maybe even learn some of your habits where I needed to go take laps around here because you kind of just get stuck in this motion all day. And then, then it's just like, okay, my body's not right. This isn't right. And so now you can kind of see the importance of even a lot of these different startups that have like nap centers in their offices, you know, like it actually kind of makes sense for being healthy, you know, like I have some of my lunches at three and that's not healthy. So you're starting to realize like, even if you're in the moment or not, what's working, what doesn't figuring out who you are mentally, physically, a lot plays into this, you know, it was, it's easy to go into the office and, and, you know, mingle and have those meetings firsthand, but it's a little bit different when you've never used zoom before and, um, uh, newer team, you know? So for me, I haven't met half my team yet because as soon as I joined, it was COVID. And uh, so it's just been the FaceTime like this, getting to know each other and digging deep. Yeah. The one thing that you just said that really struck a chord was the lunch. Lunch is at three. Um, it's it's kind of trying to break through those bad habits and really trying to find a balance between work-life. Um, yeah. But for you, Patrick, have you been able to manage, because everybody's working from home these days, um, have you been able to manage like work from home and work-life balance? Yeah. Well, I think by like, for me, it's helped that I've had sports to kind of, you know, look into, I've also gotten some other hobbies and luckily for no sway, it was in that realm of golf, you know, like golf, unfortunately it's the most expensive sport. Um, <laughs> now you could probably play our, our hobby, but at the same time too, I'm using our products. I'm learning more about it in the different hats. You know, this is a little bit more sturdy, the Travis Matthew understanding the brands Puma's coming out with more in the golf. And that maybe a year ago is not something I was worried about. And uh, so along with the habits, I'm also learning stuff about our own brand. Um, so I, I think, you know, it's taking some time to get out there, kind of just be free, not always feel like you have to work too. I think it's healthy to kind of take some time and go do some fun things and get out and about a little bit. But for me, it was, it was golf. It was focusing on that. I think that it's fun to play. It's uh, something that maybe for business would be cool to kind of get on the course and go do some cool things with other brands. So um, it's finding those hobbies. It's also finding the hobbies I never really like to do anymore, you know? So uh, it's about honestly maintaining that, that healthy life, that healthy lifestyle and also mentally good too, at the same time, not going crazy. Yeah, absolutely. Mental health as well. I always like to say, right. Um, 
but yeah, I, I'm always curious, uh, just successful marketers and business people like yourself, um, what would you say is like a unique skill that's really helped you along your career? Organization for sure. I'm OCD about it. Uh, I listen a lot too. I don't have all the right answers. I've come from the medical world straight to, you know, representing athletes and there's steps along the way too. But I started my career in sports entertainment in Lincoln, Nebraska, and they're mainly out on in LA, New York, Miami, maybe Chicago, where some of the bigger agencies are. And I understood how the business worked because of phone calls by literally a lot of these, you know, people I work with right now, like six years ago, I was on the phone, you know, preaching and listening to what their clients were doing, which then helped me understand how to work with athletes on a one-on-one level to then take that to the brand side. And, you know, not everyone has that experience working one-on-one with an athlete or talent before, you know, maybe sometimes you can get too excited or, um, you know, it's your favorite player or something, you know? And so it just kind of gets lost in, in the personality of how it can really increase your brand and what you're trying to accomplish. So, um, I think listening for sure and coming out here and then implementing those, but always wanting to learn more, learn more, learn more. So it's my first time actually on the brand side on, on building a brand versus building a personal brand. So, our team has a lot of knowledge in that. And I want to implement my knowledge of what athletes want to use and how I see other brands that are in the athletic space do it. And then mix of some of the brands that have teetered the sports and lifestyle at, you know, space where it's not all that. So, um, like I mentioned the cosmetics talking to cover girl, like, and honestly, personally never thought that I would be talking to cover girl after doing shoe deals with Nike and only really having male clients. But to be diverse and get into the female market. I mean, it's been really interesting and there's a huge, huge market. I almost wish that I had a female, you know, talent to also help build their brand too, to kind of understand it would have helped me right now. So those two things amongst other things, but I do love hearing about people's stories, you know, even, even yours. I wish I could dish it back and hear everything that you guys have been going through too, because everyone's been getting creative and I don't have all the answers for my room right here or, you know, this area. So different regions, different creativity, different people, different strategies. So, um, pick up on that and you do it your own way. You don't have to do it everyone else's way, but someone does that. It's kind of interesting. I never really thought about doing that before. Let me implement it. How I think it should go mixed with kind of what you were mentioning and see how it goes. So that's what I would recommend. Yeah, absolutely. And I think just, doing everything with uh, authentic perspective or authentic execution, if you will, um, is also super valuable to building a brand because people totally. don't have that. Yeah. And I try to stay true to myself. I'm from Nebraska, right? And you come out to a place like LA where there's, you, you hear all these things, right? And you can go through your own, you know, I guess maybe getting screwed over or you don't or lessons learned and uh, make sure you don't happen again. So, you know, for me, it's people in the Midwest, especially in Nebraska, you trust a lot of people and you come out here and you have to gain that respect and that trust, you know? And so there's, there's a different way of life. And I've been out here four and a half years. And I mean, in year five, six, seven, whatever it will be, there's always going to be something that's layered onto it, you know, in a different place that has 15, 20 million people versus somewhere that has 200,000 people and different values and different beliefs. And so you implement I will never change for that, but I'm also, you keep guarded to some of those things that maybe you're more open about and sharing, you know? So I think, uh, keeping to yourself a little bit, true to yourself, not letting your situation get the best of you. Absolutely. I love that, Patrick.
Um, only a few more questions here for you, but I'm curious, you, you mentioned a lot about the personal brands and now you're on the brand side, but what's perhaps one of their biggest marketing campaigns that's worked really well and from whatever you can share? Yeah, no, one of my favorite ones, you know, you see these different big brands. I've, I've always wanted to work with some of these brands I've worked with, you know, the Bose, the Pizza Huts of the world, things that I've seen on my TV for years before I even got into my professional life, you know, just going to school. And now I'm collaborating and talking about their creatives that are going to wind up on that TV or their digital, right? Those are really cool for me. You know, I got into representing athletes. Um, I saw more out of them than I think that they saw in their self. Like I think that they, a lot of them saw that they have a potential to be a high pick in a draft or to go really far to be a hall of famer, right? You want to believe in that. Like, why wouldn't you? There's more out of your personality though, that I can see and I can bring out of you. And, you know, one of my favorite marketing campaigns was honestly telling a story leading up to an NFL draft. It was their story. You know, it was, they built that. But again, it's like, you, you want to control your narrative, right? You throw a couple interceptions this weekend and that's all they're going to be talking about. Forget the fact that you signed autographs for, you know, 10 hours after the game and gave back to the community or anything like that. They're going to control that narrative. So while they're going to always have their you know, two cents in there, you should be able to do you and be you and tell that story. And we, uh, put together and helped, you know, align a a docu-series that really outlined basically the hard work and effort that he built, you know, and it was just making it more public and more not from the media, but from his voice, you know, and, um, ended up going really high in the draft. And I believe, telling those things and bringing that out, there's more to us than just, you know, the physical appearance or going and throwing five touchdowns a game, you know, and, and that leads to throwing more touchdowns, you know? So I think it was really highlighting someone who would put so much time effort into themselves to be successful that never really got the attention. It was just the stats and to see people fall in love with the person over the numbers. That's all you can ask for, you know? Absolutely. I, I love that. Well, I mean, I'd be remiss to ask you my next question. Uh, who do you got this year in, for the Super Bowl? <laughs> my goodness. Well, uh, I mean, my difference between week one, week two, week three, week four, it depends on whose ACL gets torn, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> uh, man, oh man. I mean, I was, I was thinking, I, I like the underdogs. I'm an Oklahoma guy, so it was cool to see Kyler Murray go 2-0 and and like be up for you know, uh, MVP kind of talk and then they lose, you know, and anyone can lose living out here, follow the Rams and uh, a heartbreaker there. But then, you know, you got Josh Allen up in Buffalo who he's tough as nails, six, five leading his team and having fun doing it. Um, you know, who else? Uh, I'm ready in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. <laughs> right? first, first game and, and you, you, you know, it's crazy. You have Gronk and it's just like, I haven't seen these guys lose since the Super Bowl game, you know? And, uh, now their first game of the season, it's, you know, you would go back to the 49ers. Oh man, dude, it's, that's such a great question. I think tonight is a great game. The Ravens chiefs, you know, Patrick Mahomes, not clearly not going anywhere. Um, you know, re-signing Travis Kelsey to his deal. Like that's just Tyree kill. It's that's tough to beat. But then you have the youth in the Ravens where, you know, like who would have thought two of the best tight ends would go against each other and Travis Kelsey, and Mark Andrews. And then you have Tyree kill and, Marquise Brown, two of the fastest guys going against each other and two of the youngest quarterbacks going against each other who weren't maybe taken as high as they could have been. And so 
I mean, I would go back to the Ravens. I think if I'm going to pick a team, I think that the Ravens will get it done this year. I think that, that, uh, Lamar, it was such a hype and then it was an unfortunate ending. You know, he definitely didn't want to lose like that. He's back. He's back. What I'd say. No, the Ravens uh, will be hard to beat this year. Definitely. Gotta Uh, say, yeah. My next question I'd like to ask also is uh, maybe what's one question that you never get asked that you wish you would be asked, Patrick? One question that I do get asked or that I don't get asked. That you don't get asked. That you wish you would be asked. That's such a great one. Um, You know, there's a lot. I, I, I get asked actually a good amount that I never thought I would, you know, being in LA coming from Nebraska, uh, you know, um, done some cool things, you know, having a number one pick at 27 years old, I guess really no one, no one really asks me honestly about representing a number one pick. Uh, no one, let's see here. That's, that's pretty crazy. Um, well, let me ask you, how is it like representing a number one pick? I mean, it's, it's surreal. It w- it's, it's, and especially how it happened because it was, you know, like I said, he built it all himself and, uh, and to see that start to finish to highlight it and, and literally just like witness it. No one ever thinking it was going to happen to seeing it, but also believing that it was going to happen, you know, in your head, you knew it was going to happen in his head. He knew it was going to happen, but no one else did. So the fact that it did, I mean, super cool. Um, you know, I think also one question, here's a great one. I, I opened my own company in LA at 26 years old and, um, no one's asked, no one really asked me, you know, uh, I never really like it to be about age, you know? Um, but there's, there's certain things about what you got to go through. I think, you know, when you want to open up your own company and, you know, it was just through like, why did you open it? And why did you want to do this? Was this always a passion of yours to own your own company? Um, and I would say that honestly, for the longest time, I never really did. But I think through like a lot of the different creatives that we've been through, it was the reality that you could, you don't have to have every resource. You can do a lot of these things on your own, you know, and it was a challenge and I like being pushed that way. So I guess that's, that's one big thing, you know, for me still even realizing that I owned a company at 26 years old in Los Angeles, California and, um, representing athletes for that matter. I mean, it's, uh, it's a unique experience. And then, you know, you're one of having your own company at 26 going into 27, you have a number one pick and how crazy that can become, especially for someone from Nebraska, you know? And so, um, I, that's, that's definitely, you know, something that's, you know, I'm beyond happy for him, you know, that it happened to him, you know, you put in the hard work and that's what shows. And I think that was just so cool to be behind the scenes and witness, but help support in that journey, you know, and, and to, to be that support system and want that, you know, it's so cool. So cool to see, but to have that, you know, that mindset at 26, why do you want to start your own company? And why did you, and all that, you know, it, trust me, it's scary, but it takes, you know, it, it, takes a little bit of digging deep to go after it. And, uh, I wouldn't have had it any other way. You know, I can always say, even though I work for a company now, I'm director of marketing. Like I did it. I put myself out there and, um, now I'm on to company number two, help co-found a mental health platform. So 
you know, without maybe that first one, I might not be able to have the second one, which ultimately I want to help people. So, um, hopefully it goes, goes just as well as the first one. Yeah, absolutely. I really love that, Patrick. I mean, to have the almost gut check and resilience to move from Nebraska to LA and going through that transition, then opening up your own company as well. That's, that's some crazy stuff. It's a lot, you know, I think for me, it was just wanting it more for others and maybe they wanted it and opening up some doors that maybe they didn't see that I did while I was on the ground, you know, and, um, having that umbrella and that protection, that armor for some of these guys and girls that I've worked with that really paves the way for their success. It's that's, that's what I want for them. You know, I, I hope that through other people's success and helping support, we each have our own success, you know, too, but I think it's pushing them and seeing, you know, through that, what they're capable of and, and what you're also capable of along the journey. So, um, definitely team. It's not, it's not just one person. Um, you know, I wouldn't be here without a lot of different people. Yeah. On that note, I know off, off air, we talked about the mental health platform. Um, but are you able to share any details about the platform? Yeah, I am. I am. So about a year ago, uh, you know, going through your own struggles, uh, I was actually very open about this. I was diagnosed with PTSD, anxiety, and depression, just through a lot of, a lot of different work events, you know, and, and I think you put your pressure and just along with owning your own company and maybe not taking care of certain parts of your life that we talked about during this time that I've realized I do need to. And I think a lot of people during this time have realized that they need to start taking care of themselves. It wasn't just the virus that impacted people. It was a lot of different things that happened, you know, mentally. Um, but you know, ultimately I kept it in for a very long time and I want to be an example everywhere I go, you know, where you can be a senior and change majors. You don't have to just stick with something because you you're in it right now, you know, and for something like mental health, where again, like a life has been very happy and positive and coming, you know, never can say that I've had so many different hardships. I don't think you have to be punished by that, but for me, it's now, okay, I've gone through something tougher than I have and relative to me, you know, how do I come out of that? And it was sharing my personal story and listening to others share theirs. I, I found out that I wasn't the only one going through that. And by all means, there's some crazy stuff that happens out there. And so I would love for everyone to, you know, end the stigma talking about it. I see a therapist and, you know, very open about that because we're, we're, a lot of us are keeping things inside and, um, how perception got its name was I, my first two months here in LA, you know, every, you, know you try to hit that grind and try to make it. And my first two months, I actually didn't have a place to stay. I was in and out of my car. All my stuff was in my car. Can't say I was necessarily like sleeping in it, but I didn't know where I was going to sleep that night. It's couching it. And, um, one of my clients, Mike Conley became the richest person in NBA history by signing a five year, $153 million deal. Well, let me just be the first one to say I'm not his agent, right? I did not do his deal. So when I, money was never like, like conversations never happened in my life on that, that magnitude. We all want to have cool things, but like that, I was just so happy for him because very soft-spoken, he's very hard worker. And, and he's just a really amazing guy. And that's what it was. That was so cool to see, but I got torn apart because it was the materialistic things that I was being forced to realize that I was surrounded by the ability with $153 million, whether you think I have that or not, you have that, you can buy private planes, you can buy Ferraris, you can buy houses. When you're living out of your car and you're being asked, when are you going to get others, those things, not even yourself, 
it, I was, I, I was almost ready to pack my bags and get out of there. I was like, I don't need this pressure in my life. Like, I don't, it almost felt like I was owing others something and that, that shouldn't have to be. And it weighed on me. Like I was living this lie, even though I wasn't pretending, you know, like you go to my Instagram, I hope that it's not this life of behind the scenes, red carpets, all this glitz and glam. Cause that's not what life is. You know, I've got a great family. I've got great friends. I love my hobbies. Those if that, that's my platform. That's what I choose to show me personally. And, um, you know, it's just, it ate at me for so long and I kept it in there that it, it, made me kind of explode as my therapist said, a ticking time bomb. And, um, so very similar to a platform like LeBron's uninterrupted. He's got his slogan more than an athlete, obviously is one of the best basketball players to ever live, but he's done more, you know, outside of basketball too. You know, he's more than an athlete. And then he tells stories through his media company. And that's what perception's coming. You know, we want to, we want to be able to, um, capture the attention wearing perception, apparel, t-shirts, hoodies, hats that have that logo that has it backwards. So then when I look in the mirror perceptions forwards and I'm speaking to myself, you have to kind of look at it and figure out for yourself what it means. Just like I'm looking at you, you might be going through some stuff, but until you open up and tell me, I wouldn't have any idea. And, um, I think that's how we're all going to grow. And I want to create a platform. We are, we're about to launch here soon that is able to discuss those. And, um, I think it's going to be a big hit, you know, um, hopefully starting on the, on the side of telling those stories, Martavis Bryant was one of my business partners, former clients. And, you know, he, uh, he has some, some mental health issues and maybe didn't handle them. Right. But at the same time, that doesn't make him a bad person. And we only heard his side of the story and we're going to have him sit down and come out and share what he goes through in certain things. And, at the time that he was, you know, suspended from the NFL, he was top five receiver and making really great money. And he had a family to feed. He's got daughters and, you know, there's other things outside of just seeing a guy perform on the field. So it's telling those stories. It doesn't have to be through, you know, the talent and the people that we see every day on our TV. It could be everyday people like you and me, everyone goes through it, you know? And so love for people to let their guard down, you know, when the time is right, open that conversation. And, um, people were there for me and I wouldn't have, I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't have gone out, uh, gone through a lot of those things without other people and hearing their side and how they, you know, handled certain things. And again, you have to handle it how you think you should, but you know, others are able to get out of it. You're able to as well. So, um, can't wait to tell those stories. Uh, the apparel will be online and, and we'll be telling the stories online. And, uh, uh, I think it's great what Dak Prescott's done during this time coming out now collaborating with a guy like Hayden Hurst. So a lot more people are going through this than you realize. And uh, some of the guys that we look up to, and I'm sorry, but I won't say who said it, but it doesn't show weakness at all. I think it, uh, it takes a lot of courage to come out and say those things. So uh, having been on that athlete side of things and the people that we look up to, it's more prevalent than you think. And for me, I know that side. I know regular humans like us that are suffering and need to tell their story. And I hope that frees them. And that's the basis of what perception is. So we also be giving percentages to, um, uh, other mental health platforms as well that are, you know, in all sorts of, of realms, doesn't have to be one suicide prevention, eating disorders, there's different types of mental health. So, um, telling, telling many, many stories through that. 
absolutely. I love that, Patrick. Like you mentioned, Dak Prescott, even like Kevin Love and other athletes, but it affects everybody at the end of the day. And what, what you're doing to really shed awareness uh, to it. And um, I know for me personally, a lot of my peers, uh, entrepreneurs especially, go through a lot, a lot of anxiety and um, even depression as well. So right. uh, I'll, I'll be sure to support uh, your guys' platform. I'll put the links in the description and make I sure listeners that. check it out as well. I appreciate that. and I really do. Yeah, absolutely. So only a couple more questions here for you, Patrick. Um, I just want to ask you, what's something that you're proud of that maybe we haven't touched on? I know you touched on the platform already, but is there anything else that you're super proud of? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, before I would say college, I was stuck in my comfort zone big time. You know, I was stuck in my ways and, uh, I really, I really dug deep. I was, I was a really quiet person. Honestly, I was, I trusted a lot of people kind of kept to myself certain times. And if you were to tell me I'm the first person to move away for college. And then after that, the first person to move after that to another big city, first person to start own, you know, uh, business there in my family. That's really cool. And I think but that's my sister then did the exact same thing. And that was really cool for her, you know, for me to see, to dig deep too. And maybe not thinking that she could have been able to do it. She's a dentist and it's different than the marketing, the more entrepreneurial business side of things, but still doing it, you know, and she ended up moving to Chicago. So I felt in a way kind of, I, you know, never been, I never needed to be the guy, you know, I never had people look down on me because I scored 20 points a game or whatever. But the fact that certain people have told me that, they've been courageous because I've gotten courageous. That actually means a lot because that, that shows that I have a little bit tougher, thicker skin than I did. And I'm growing and I brought that out of me and I'm, and I'm proud of that. You know, I think all of us should be proud of ourselves in some sort of way and celebrate some of those wins. You know, now I'm four and a half years in LA and, uh, still getting hit up by some of my friends back, back home, man, I want to get out of here, man. I want to get out of here. How do you do it? And, um, you know, you got to reach within yourself to do that. And uh, I had a great support system. Don't get me wrong. You know, family and friends who love me a lot made this possible too. So it wasn't just me, you know, but very, very proud of that. Starting my own company. A lot of the things I, I reiterated, um, you know, so I don't have, again, I'm, I'm a background guy and I, I want it a lot for others, but at the same time too, we have to want it for ourselves. You know, I think that we have to be realistic. Um, and uh, I think what I've, hopefully shown others is that you can go through a med school degree and have your actual degree and start completely over to be happy and to go through and represent athletes and, you know, go through some hardships and understand this isn't what you want to do in life and pivot if you want, you know, I'm almost, I know this is going to sound young. I'm 29 still, but at the same time I was in my previous career for on that side of things for seven or eight years. And you can pivot and follow, follow your happiness. And that's what I've done. That's what I decided to do. That's what I continue to do. It's what I will always try to, because if you feel like you get stuck. It's pretty tough to get out sometimes, especially if you know it's not going to happen for a while. And when you can control what you can, that's when you know that you're, you're in power, you're going to control your days. And if something makes you mad, you know what, go back to the positivity. So and I think that's where then perception comes in, you know? So it's just this order of events that keep happening that you keep learning and you're proud. And then you get over that. It's a hardship and you're proud and you have to realize those too, you know, for goodness sake, I had a number one pick. And I just walk, you know, like you got to, you, you have to 
sit down and celebrate those wins. If you don't, you just keep on coasting and you'll never know what that feeling is like. Absolutely. I love that, Patrick. I mean, I could sit here and talk to you all day. I love your vibes, man. Appreciate uh, that. But where can our listeners connect with you online if they have more questions? Yeah, no, I'm, a, I'm an open book, honestly. Like, and that's just it too. I have a lot of interns hit me up. A lot of people are, you know, kids in college still. I'll get creative. I, I hope, I don't want to tell the same views. My goal is to not tell the same views advice to everybody. Everyone's different. I want to learn what your struggles are right? What your passions are. How can I help you? Who do I know that can help you? What comes to mind that can get you out of that? I mean, three majors, you know, I've gone through, I've gone through a lot. And, uh, I think that it really is like up to a lot of different people who've been through those to kind of shed light to the others, you know, it's kind of paying, paying it forward. Absolutely. Which, uh, which platforms can they hit you up on? Instagram, Facebook. Uh, yeah, uh, probably Instagram, Twitter, um, both at Patrick M Hayes, both of those, uh, loves connect on LinkedIn too, Patrick Hayes. Um, so yeah, anything, I can't say like the craziest life. So I'm not filled with all this wisdom, but if you want to get a phone call, I'll be happy to talk to you. Awesome. And it's been a pleasure talking, talking to you. I really appreciate it. Yeah. So since the marketing and branding podcast, I like to end the interview with uh, the guests saying one word or phrase to describe their personal brands. So my last question for you, Patrick, is what's one word or phrase to describe Patrick Hayes' brand? Uh, you know, I'm, if it's okay, I, I'm going to steal it and I, and I have to because it's actually tattooed on me. But uh, Jim Valvano, Jimmy V is my inspiration and uh, don't give up. Don't ever give up. This episode of the CMO and Joe podcast has ended, but be sure to subscribe for more business strategies and tactics to help you create the profitable and successful business you've always dreamed of. And don't forget to rate and review so we can continue to bring you the best content. See you on the next episode.